You're listening to the Give Me Five Podcast, episode 20, 2017, year-end review, part two. Rush on an uptown train, doors open, and she walks in, she's soaking, caught in the rain, her skin shines like crystalline. Welcome back to the Give Me Five podcast, year-end review of 2017. This is the second half, so if you missed the first half, please check back on your podcast feed to find it. Uh, In this part, we are going to discuss movies and television and streaming and our entertainers and trends of the year. So enjoy, guys. Okay, so we just talked about books. That was all highbrow. Now we're going to go lowbrow and talk about video games. And I think, Rob, you've got a list of your five favorite video games of the year. I do. I do. I thought you had one as well, but maybe it's just me. Um, I'm, I'm going to start the list down to number five. Um, there was a game that came out. Um, I haven't been able to get, uh, friends. And that's one of the things I like to do with video games is I like to have games where I can play with friends. Um, you know, and I, I, I enjoy the game, but I've had trouble getting people to play it in a mode other than competitive online first, uh, online shooter type game. And that's a game called Fortnite. And basically what Fortnite is, is it's a castle defense game with zombies where you play in like a 3D world and you actually participate in the defense with your character of the castle, so to speak. So it's a, it's an interesting take on the castle defense as opposed to just setting defenses and then hit play and see what happens. You actually get to participate, rebuild, and do all of that, and you can fight the zombies yourself. Um from either behind the wall or in front of the wall and, and defend your fort that way. So that's my number five. My number four is going to be a re-release that came out this year on the PS4 for Kingdom Hearts. And I don't know if I, if any of you are familiar with the game Kingdom Hearts. Are you? Yes, it's I am. a Disney game. It is. It's, it's a fantastic Disney game and it's a Kingdom Hearts 1.5, 2.5 remix. Um, but it's it's a very well done game. They they've got a great story. It's got a nice Disney Disney skin on it. You you basically travel to different Disney. There's something wrong in the Disney universe, and you're trying to repair it. So you're traveling to like all the worlds involved in this particular game. Um, you know, sometimes you'll go to Alice in Wonderland. Sometimes you'll go to um, you know Little Mermaid's world. Um, and you, you know, you just, you just go to these different worlds and you try and set things right and restore the balance, so to speak in the universe. Yeah. It's a, uh, a final fantasy slash Disney kind of tie in that correct. ties the worlds together in a very believable way. If that makes sense. It's it, very fun. Correct. Correct. First thing I ever saw with that was that giant key. Yes. Yes. That's, that's the kingdom hearts. Yeah. The, uh, the iconic, uh, Red, yellow, and silver uh, keyblade. Yeah, keyblades. Which, as a side, um, we popped in to the torture museum in Saint Augustine. Oh yeah, went there too. And totally awesome. Yeah, they had keyblades for sale. Yeah, they had keyblades for sale for sale in the gift shop there, which was very interesting. Anyway, <laughs> go on. 
Nice. Um, but yeah, it's a joint venture uh, with Disney and uh, I believe they're Square Enix. Square, yeah. Yeah. So uh, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. Great family stuff. Um, the next entry in my list, net number three, um, it's a online game. So it's an MMO RPG. Um, but they did just release an expansion this year, and that's Final Fantasy XIV with their expansion Stormblood. Again, it's an online game. It requires a subscription. Um, you can either play it on PC or PS4. I'm not sure if it's available on Xbox. Um, but it's it's an online game. Um, you know, most people are familiar with like World of Warcraft, which is which is the the big online one that everybody seems to know. Yeah, I feel like with a lot of the names of the fantasy stuff that you mentioned, it seems like they have like two columns of words and they pick like one word from one column. It's like Stormblood. Yeah. Fart hammer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but Final Fantasy XIV is an absolutely gorgeous game. Um, the the graphics and the design on the game are absolutely stunning. It's very well done. Um, of all the MMOs, I'd probably say that it's the prettiest. It, and it's it's got it's got good gameplay. The storyline is usually decent with any Square Enix game. The storyline is usually decent. That's one of the things they focus on. Um, but it's 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 a great MMO, and like I said, it's available on either PC or PS4, and absolutely gorgeous. My number two game is going to be Shadow of War. That as as we discussed in one of the one of the recent podcasts, uh, Shadow of War is a sequel to the game Shadow of Mordor. It just came out this year, um, but who doesn't like killing orcs and just slaughtering a whole bunch of bad guys? It's it's so much fun. It's it's got a very Assassin's Creed slash uh, Batman action game to it. Um, a lot of the controls are very similar to like Batman, um, but it's got the the stealth. Uh, aspect that you find in a lot of the Assassin's Creed games, um, so I'd say I'd say it's kind of a mashup between between Assassin's Creed and Batman. Um, but my number one, and I'm cheating a little bit here because the game has been out for a while, but it was just recently re- released on Switch on Battlefront Two. Negative, go to hell, EA. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it was. It was actually just released on the Nintendo Switch, and that would be Rocket League. Um, on one of the unaired episodes, I talked. We talked about Rocket League um, and how I just gotten into it. But I am completely addicted to this game. Rocket League is so much fun, um, and basically, what it is is the the standard game is three on three, and it's soccer with rocket powered cars, and it is nice. it is so much fun. I, I have enjoyed it. It's a very easy game to learn, but it's a hard game to master. And it is it is so much fun. I, I am really, really enjoying it. So I'm going to cheat a little bit since it just came out for Switch. I've been playing it for probably about a year and a half now. But it, it's going to be my number one. Um, I actually took my name off of the list because I didn't. I felt we were going long. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll just go real quick. Uh, number five, Cuphead, which is a side-scroller game. It is based on the old school artwork like the black and white cartoons of um like of iWorks and all those guys um just a completely unique looking game and it's really fun super mario odyssey it's a new take on the mario games of course for the switch i've got to play it in the store and it was really fun made me want to switch uh wolfenstein yeah wolfenstein 2 uh anytime you get to uh murder nazis uh i'm fine with that so (laughs) right on murder nazis and kkk members i'm perfectly cool with it 
uh, Horizon Zero Dawn, which is a futuristic, wave-distant future where um, robot animals have taken over the world, kind of, but they're still wild creatures. And you are a, a hunter that's kind of a little more in the Native American vein, and you actually get to hunt these giant robot animals. Uh, and that was my number two. And Shadow of War, which is my number one. Uh, further along with the orc uh, killing and the um, the nemesis system, and it was just it's just so much fun. And I I'll lose hours of my life playing that game. Have you so, have you tried great. anything in the new update where you basically run your own orc fight club? I have not. They 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 added a, a new feature in the update where you can you can get items and stuff, but basically you send the orcs that you now control into this battle arena, and if they win, you get stuff. If they lose, they're removed from your game forever <laughs> because they're dead. Uh, and um, we're going to do best technology, but I am skipping that one because of time. But we will so mention that... the the five worst companies. Yeah, you can do that. All all five entries are EA. Go to hell, <laughs> EA. <laughs> next next category and the next the next three are the um three telecom giants that push through the net neutrality thing so that's at&t verizon and comcast okay so you can go to hell as well yes oh that's weird is that the internet providers yeah oh that's weird what go, a coincidence go figure did i see that coming yeah okay we are moving to the small screen yay television so who wants to go with that what are your favorite tv shows of 2017 i'll start um, I, my, my fifth one here is, it's actually started its second season. Um, but we discovered, we, we started watching it, um, very early, I believe in this year. Um, we were watching like, uh, reruns and stuff, but, uh, one that came out, it's, it's stars Michael Weatherly, um, who for anyone who watched NCIS, he was Tony Donozo. Um, but he left NCIS and, and he's now doing this show called Bull. And he's basically a, uh, uh, trial analyst, trial, uh, jury specialist. Anyway, they, they, I don't even know that this thing, that this, that this job actually exists, but it's, it's really interesting to watch them pick their jury. It's, it's like a courtroom drama kind of thing, but it almost like a behind the scenes kind of thing. Um, so it's, it's, it's really enjoyable. I, we, we've really gotten into it and, and enjoy it. Um, my number four is going to be Orville. We've discussed that on the show. Um, Orville is actually a really fun show. It's really well done. I think he's, I think he might have another hit on his hand on his hands, but um, like, like we discussed in the past, I was actually a little surprised that it got picked up because I didn't think it would have the, the a wide enough appeal to enough audiences for it to remain but we found out, or, or Greg told us earlier, that it's already been picked up for a second season. So that's There's it. actually another podcast I listened to, actually the iFanboy podcast, that one of the people on there said it was their favorite show of the year. Nice. The first three episodes were really kind of silly, and then as soon as that episode you talked about with the gender reassignment uh -huh. came out, it's like, wow, this show just got really serious and really good. Yeah, yeah. And they've, but still funny. And they've done a really good job uh, walking the tightrope in between there. So it's, it's, it's actually a really good show. If you haven't seen it, you should check it out. Um, my number three... And it's it's number three because it's actually it's actually very far along in its run, but this season was absolutely excellent. Um, the only problem is is now we've got to wait a year and a half for the next season, and I think everybody knows what I'm going to say here, and that would be Game of Thrones. Yes, I I love the show. I'm addicted. I hate. It. I thought he was going to say Property Brothers on HGTV. I was I was wrong. Oh yeah, you were wrong. You were wrong. Um, 
but I love the show. I'm addicted. And I actually hated the books. I, I got to book four and I stopped reading. I couldn't get through the books because they, they just kept killing everybody I cared about. And I'm like, this is, this is stupid. But for some reason, watching it on, watching it on TV or watching it is maybe, it, maybe it's just less of an investment than slogging through a thousand, a thousand page book with people that I don't even care about. Um, but I, I've really enjoyed the series. Um, my number two is going to be a new series that was just recently released, and that's going to be The Punisher. Guys, this 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 show was very well done. And if you want to talk perfect casting, Shane Barenthal as Frank Castle was absolutely amazing. His name is not Shane Barenthal, is it? John Barenthal. God, I keep calling him Shane from The Walking Dead. <laughs> Dang it. So John Barenthal, who played Shane in The Walking Dead, is is Frank Castle and he is absolutely perfect for this role. Just just absolutely spot on casting. Very well done. Um my number 1 is going to be season 2 of Stranger Things. This this show is amazing. And if you haven't watched season 1 and season 2, you really need to watch it. It's on Netflix. You can just binge the whole the whole two seasons. And if you were a kid of the 80s like we were, you you will likely love this show. I, I highly recommend it. And that's my five. Cool. Uh, Jimmy, I haven't heard from you in a little while. Yeah. So talking about new television series or, you know, existing ones, my number five is going to be Game of Thrones. My number four is going to be Lore because I gave it another shot and I'm excited for the future of it. Number three mm-hmm. is Glow. Nice. Number two Castlevania. Okay. So going a little outside of the box. Can't wait for season two of that. Did, and did, season, one, did season one only have like three or four episodes or did, did they just not put them all up yet? When I, when I was watching it. Because I, I only watched like four episodes and that was all they had. Yeah, the first season only had a few episodes. Okay. But it is going to pick back up. And number one, Stranger Things 2. Yep. We've already talked about it. It's great. Love it. Watch it. Okay, well, I, I separated out TV and streaming. So uh, my TV stuff, uh, this is, you know, actual regular broadcast TV. My number five was Riverdale. Uh, that is one of the few shows I actually watched with my wife. It is based on the Archie comics, and it is way darker than you would ever believe. Um, for example, in the old Archie comics, it, like one of the heroes that they used to have was called the Black Hood, and he was kind of like, like how Bart Simpson likes Radioactive Man. He was kind of like one of the heroes that Archie would follow. Um, in the TV show, he's a murderer. Um, in the Archie comics, there was a group called the Serpents, which was like a bunch of kids that would just like be like the bullies of the group. They were like, they would like, you know, throw rocks at the kids down at the stream, that kind of stuff. Um, they're like a biker gang in this. Uh, the, the cast is really talented, really good acting, really good music in it. They all they always do cover songs. They did like Kids in America. They did. It's just, it's a good show. It's fun. Uh, my number four is American Gods. I love the book. I love the show. Well casted, well written. Uh, it's all coming together. And so that was my number four. Uh, Mr. Robot took a h- huge amount of risks, and I believe it's their third or fourth season? Third season. Third season. Um, they had the the single shot episode, which I talked about a couple weeks ago. They've, you know, they kind of went the uh, fight club route with you know, buildings getting blown up this year and people dealing with the fallout. And it's just a, every episode is interesting. And I mean, even 
if the re- if the show is referencing something, even the opening sequence kind of changes and they'll make it seem like a not like a comic book. But they'll like they'll change the opening sequence to to kind of match what the show is about that episode. It's just kind of neat. Number two was mentioned Game of Thrones. Uh, it was great again this year. I know there were some timing issues that people have complained about, but it's a huge show. It it checked off all the boxes for me. And number one, a show that actually brought me to tears this year in its final season was Halt and Catch Fire. I've talked about it before again. History of, of computers, and it is one of those shows that, you know, had a final season. Uh, I don't know if they expected to have a final season, but it they stuck the landing. You know, it's it's really hard to do in shows these days. They had, you know, a shocking episode where something happened that you didn't expect, which is what brought me to tears, and they they pulled it off beautifully. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the land, the the ending was one of those things where you thought something was going to happen, and they, the way they did it, and this is here's here's your spoilers. So if you don't want to hear this, go away. Um, they showed the entire end of these two characters like. You know, they're sitting there and they're like, well, we should do this. Let's, you know, they kind of show what they were going to do in the future, but they actually talk themselves all the way through like, hey, we're going to start this company and then we're going to have a fight and then we're going to break up, then we're, but we're still going to be friends. But and they like showed what could have happened as kind of a teaser. And it, it was almost like they were showing clips of what was happening. But then they're like, yeah, we probably shouldn't do that. And then they reeled it back in and then they went to a diner and it was very strongly hinted that they realized that streaming music and because she looks at a jukebox that streaming music is going to be the future. And she's like, you know, maybe we could kind of kind of go the iTunes route. And, and then the show kind of ended. It was just be- a beautiful ending. I thought it was great. So that was my TV shows. Nice. I, I love that show too. I didn't see the third season yet, but um, I just ruined it for you. Sorry. No, no, no. It's, it's fine because <laughs> it's, it's not that kind of show. It's a show you can watch anyway. Um, mm-hmm. But the first season blew me away. The second season was good. I have not also seen the stranger things yet or lore, but I'm interested in those. Um, in no particular order, um, Preacher, even season two, to me was freaking amazing. Um, I love how far to the edge that show goes for a show that's, you know, like a commercial TV show. That show just pushes the limits. I mean, you go from like Hitler and hell getting beat up by a racist right into like a Toyota commercial. Like how awesome is that? (laughs) I got the, the, um, inbred relative of Jesus. Oh my God, that show is that to me. That's like the most scandalous show ever, because of the themes and like how how they really hit close to home. Not for me, it's hard to offend me, but I'm talking about for like the average American. That show blew me away. It's it's absolutely amazing. Um, it's like an fu to commercial television. You know what I'm saying? And it's popular, and it is commercial television. I I freaking love it. I I can't get enough of it. Um, Punisher. I know it's been mentioned, but it's fantastic. Perfect show. Perfect casting. I mean, it's amazing. Um, I thought American Gods was mind blowing. It was. It was. I didn't know it was a um, like what was a comic book or a graphic novel? A uh, book, regular book. It was a book. I, I didn't know that. Yeah. It, that show blew me away, man. The, the first episode alone just left me speechless. But the entire show is amazing. Shout out to Ian McShane, who is the dude. I mean, he really is the man. That guy is, is absolutely insane. Um, he's fantastic. Oh yeah. Um, I know you guys mentioned it. Game of Thrones. I know that it changed a little bit because it didn't follow the books anymore, but because it got past the books. But what a perfectly done show. To me, the episode of the Battle of the Bastards, which has been mentioned before, I felt like I was in that battle. Like it was so well done, so well shot. 
I felt like when I was watching it, I felt like I couldn't breathe. Like I felt like I was like losing my breath when, uh, um, when uh, uh, John Snow was John like, gets squeezed. Yeah, he's like buried under people. I felt like I couldn't breathe the way that it was shot. But everything about that show is just amazing. And my final one for TV. By the way, I have to say that TV to me in the last two years surpasses movies and films. The the television viewing that's been around. I mean, uh, the shows that you guys have mentioned, other shows like The Strain. Um, there's so many fantastic shows. Um, to me, in the last couple of years, I haven't really seen a lot of films. Television's been blowing it away. My final one is It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. <laughs> and here's why. Here's why. It's kind of like the Orville where they take poignant topical issues and they kind of highlight them in a certain way. Like the Orville, which um, would, which for me would be also be on this list, but I'd be cheating and making it number six. But there's no real order to it because they're all equally good in my eyes. Like the Orville where they talk about uh, the sex change or the Orville where they talk about um, the episode where everyone gets raided by by their peers. Like they have like a little thing on their shirt, like a green up button and a down red button. And if you get a certain amount of down votes, you go to prison and they give you like a lobotomy or whatever. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, it's always sunny. Philadelphia is this goofy show. But if you watch some of the episodes, they are unbelievable. Like the stuff that they talk about and the stuff that they bring out is really, really like shocking in a way and incredibly smart. I mean, incredibly smart. Um, it's, I think it's a supremely underrated show, and it's one of those shows that quietly has been around. I mean, it's in its 12th season, 13th season. Um, love it. I highly, highly, highly recommend it to anybody. And shout out to Psych. I have not seen a movie yet, but that show was amazing. I love that show. I miss it. That's it. That's it for me. That's I could go on for days about TV shows because there's so many great ones, but I'll stop there. <laughs> nice. Um, let me do my streaming ones real quick then. Um, so I, like I said, I separated streaming and TV. I'll go quick through these. Uh, number five was Man in the High Castle on Amazon Prime. Uh, is basically a Philip K. Dick book, and this is season two, in which um, basically the Nazis won World War II, and so did Japan. So they basically split up the country, the Japan- Japanese on the West Coast, the Nazis on the East Coast, and in the middle is kind of like no man's land. Um, just an interesting story, great acting. Um Number four is Handmaid's Tale. It's probably the best made story on here, but it is a hard watch. Um, partic- the one part that really stands out to me on the Handmaid's Tale was the fact it is the fact that they show like it, I don't know if you guys know the story. I know some, some of you watched it, but it is a world that is run by religious nut bars, and there's a lot to it. And they basically women have no power, no whatever. And they're there for breeding purposes for the most part. And they still show parts of the the world before all of this happened. So the main characters lived in both parts of the world and like they're out getting coffee and the all of a sudden their money doesn't work. And like that's weird. And the guy behind the counter is like really misogynistic to them and it's just it's a hard watch, but it's well done. And it's probably gonna sweep award season. Um, not just this awesome award show. My number three was Stranger Things too. Um uh, I, I enjoyed it but I enjoyed a couple things better. Um, one of those things being The Punisher. They finally got it right, especially with the casting, so that was my number two. And number one for me, the one that I enjoyed watching the most was Glow. So Mark Marin hit it big on the podcast with WTF and hit it big on um, the show Glow on Netflix. Uh, it had the style, stylistic 80s influence, which I love, 
and um, very importantly, um, it just as soon as the, it was over, I wanted to watch the next episode immediately. So that was my streaming shows. Nice, nice. All right, so real quick, I had a little bit of a hard time separating um, original programming from streaming. So what I categorized as original programming, I'll go through real quick. And that being uh, my number five was Never Hike Alone, which was a fan film for Friday the 13th. It was absolutely fantastic. Came out on Halloween. So good. I was going to bring that up if nobody mentioned it. I'm sorry, not Halloween, Friday the 13th that actually came out. Which was which was actually in October. Yes. Yes. Uh, did you guys mention that in a previous podcast? Yeah, we, we did. We did. Yeah, I thought so. In an episode. It was amazing. Number four, Psych. Oh, yeah. Psych the movie. Yay. So, so good. I haven't gotten through all of the series yet, but it's very funny. And the movie had some, you know, shout outs to some of my favorite films. Had a lot of cameos. Number three, Gerald's Game. Talk about the Stephen King resurgence. It's very good adaptation. Uh, number two, Babysitter. And number one, maybe controversial, 1922, another Stephen King adaptation that I thought was amazing. It had a Thomas Jane starring in it, and it captured the uh, short story very well. Fantastic. All right. Well, I'll just jump in and, and throw in uh, the my top five theme park events for the year. Um, I'm going to start at number five with Mickey's Very Merry Christmas. Those of you who listened know that I was not a huge fan of the Not-So-Scary Halloween. However, Vicky's, Mickey's Very Merry Christmas was really enjoyable to go to. Um, they had a lot of, they had a lot of like great food there. The shows were pleasant. It was, it was, it was a decent time. Um, and it is something that you can take your kids to. My number four is going to be the Food and Wine Festival at Epcot. Every year, every year it's great. It's a it's a lot of fun. There's a lot of really good food to try. If you haven't been, you should check it out at least once. Make sure you bring a lot of money because it gets kind of expensive. And that, oh, oh beer, yeah, beer braised beef. Oh, beer braised beef. Um, my number three is going to be one that I attend every year. Um, I have a really good time with it. It's the celebration of Harry Potter at Universal Studios. Um, it runs every year in January and they have, they have a bunch of Harry Potter actors come and they do like panels and stuff. And they have people who did like the set design. They have people who did props. You can, you can do a Q and a session with, uh, people who like made the movie. Um, they do have a, a traveling show that goes in and shows like props from the movie. It has various, they, they always do like very different things. Last year, they actually had the full life-size prop of Aragog, um, the one that they actually used in the movie, and you could take a picture with it. It was, it was, it was really neat. Um, but it's always a lot of fun. Um, my number two is going to be Galactic Knights. If you're a Star Wars fan, you need to find when Galactic Knights is, and you need to go because they've got all kinds of neat stuff to see and check out and do, and it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. But my number one, and this should come as no surprise to anybody here or anybody who even listens to this podcast, is going to be Halloween Horror Nights at Universal Studios. Woo. Oh, yeah. That is the one event that we do every year without fail. And even when I was when I was traveling, I used to be a travel nurse, and I would travel all around the country. Greg can attest to this because he would house me for a week. I would fly back here 
for a week. I took a week off of my my contract wherever I was, and I would fly back for a week, and we would do Halloween Horror Nights for a week. I'm pretty sure he did things on my couch while sleeping on it. I per- perhaps perhaps I did. Perhaps I did. Yes. But <laughs> that is going to be my number one theme park event for 2017. Excellent. Okay, now we're going to go from theme parks to the silver screen. We're going to start talking about movies. Uh, but first, we are going to talk about uh, the best heroes of the year. And this doesn't actually just have to be movies, but it will largely be movies. So who are your guys' top five heroes of 2017? I'll run through mine. I, I just went, but I'll go again. Um, I'll start at number five, and that's going to be Peter Parker. I thought that this the Spider-Man movie came out this year. Uh, Spider-Man Homecoming, and I thought that that um, Tom Holland actually did an excellent job in portraying Peter Parker, bringing him to the screen and making him kind of human, if you will, along with being a superhero. Um, Wait, spoiler alert, man. Oh my god, I'm sorry. but Monster. But yeah, so Peter Parker is going to be my number five. My number four, and it's largely because of the actor who portrayed him, because he is excellent in just about anything he does. And that's Idris Elba as the gunslinger from The Dark Tower. Um, I really enjoyed the movie. I thought it was great, um, but I haven't read the books, so I'm I'm not I'm not uh, jaded or anything by what was or was not included in the in the movie. Um, but I thought Idris Elba was excellent as the gunslinger. My number three is going to be a kick-ass female heroine, and that would be Lorraine from Atomic Blonde. Charlize Theron did a great job in this movie. Very, very good action sequences. She does, she does a lot of the fighting and, you know, I could, I could conceivably see her in an action star role. Um, She was absolutely fantastic. My number two is going to be Thor. Just the perfect mix of screen charisma, comedy, action, everything. Thor is my number two. But my number one has got to be Wonder Woman. That movie was absolutely fantastic. And I'm talking about her movie. I'm not talking about Justice League. But her movie was absolutely fantastic. And again, it's one of those things where the casting was spot on. And I think we discussed this when we talked about uh, the Justice League movie. Mm-hmm. But she she is absolutely amazing, and she is fantastic as Wonder Woman. And I I don't know that they could have picked a better person to play to play her. So those are my top five heroes for 2017. And I guess I can go next. Sure. Uh, my number five, Bob Newby. Yes. Yes. <laughs> oh, Bob. Bob the Brain. Yeah, I loved him. Every time he's on screen, I was like, oh, it's Bob. He just made you feel content and happy. So that was a hero for me. Uh, number four, John Wick. Uh, maybe a anti-hero in some ways, but total badass. I almost John Wick too. I, I just watched that the other night. Yeah, I almost included him. Yeah, to, watched that the other night. It was great. He was, was riveting, and and it's one of those characters that when the the bad guys or the the other people you're talking about or find out about him, like oh crap, you know, you have any idea what you've just done? Yeah. Usually, when you watch a movie, you're like, okay, well, whatever. That's just they're saying that. But in this movie, you're like, oh yeah. <laughs> You're screwed. Yeah, you messed with the wrong guy. Yeah. Uh, number three is Thor for all of the reasons Rob said. Just funny movie, great movie. You know, he had failings. He had victories. It was a great movie. Number two is Spider-Man, again, for some of the same reasons Rob said. I really enjoyed that movie, and it was – I did not like many of the other Spider-Man movies at all, and just it was really fun. And my number one, also just like Rob said, 
Wonder Woman. She was perfectly cast, and you know she was a, she was a hero that people could look look up to regardless of their gender. And it's just so cool seeing little girls, you know, at the movie theater cheering for a hero. And I have multiple female friends that said that that movie brought them to tears in a good way, like finally. So Wonder Woman just was awesome. Nice. So my five for heroes, number five is going to be Logan from the movie. Number four, Caesar from War for the Planet of the Apes. That almost made my list. Mm -hmm, Yeah. mm Mm-hmm. Um, Andy Serkis, man, he really brings characters to life. And I just, I thought it was a fantastic portrayal and, you know, it was great. Number three is actually, uh, a different character from Thor and that's going to be Korg. Hey man. (laughs) Hey man. Uh, number two is actually Thor for all the reasons said before. And my number one, no surprise is Wonder Woman. Fantastic. The clean sweep. Yeah. Let's fl- let's flip that coin over and talk about villains. Oh, boy. Um, Omar, did you have any heroes? Oh, yeah. Um, I would go... I don't think I have a top five specifically. Um, uh, Greg is number five. <laughs> so number two and number one, I would say number two is Wonder Woman, honestly. And number one, I would say just strong female characters in general. Um. You know, like the new Star Wars trilogy's got a strong female character. Rogue One has a strong female character. Stranger Things has a strong female character. Atomic Blonde has a strong female character. Atomic Blonde. Um, you, you know, I I have two daughters. Fifty Shades of Grey has a. Oh, wait, oh, oh, that went south. <laughs> but, but um, you <laughs> know, I have two daughters, and it's a big deal to me that they don't grow up in the way that. We grew up in the 80s and 90s, you know what I mean? So, like, I'm waiting, like, my older one's 10, so I'll probably watch it with her soon. My younger one's 7, so I'll wait a little bit. But, like, I could sit and watch Wonder Woman with them. You know what I mean? Just to show them that, like, you can be badass and awesome and be a female. Nice. So, nice. Um, specifically, I, I don't have one in particular, but I think this is really overall – and to get a little bit out of the the, the, the pop genre, but um, it's been like the year of the woman. You know what I mean? Um, everybody's coming out with their Me Too stories and all that. And um, it's way past time because the way I view it is as a as any society, I don't care where what country you're in. If you're excluding the ladies, you're excluding half of the population. That's the brain power that can make more, the country. More than half. Than half. Generally, it's more like 55% to, or so. Um, you're excluding brain power. You're excluding um, abilities. You're excluding um, uh, people who you know. You, you might be excluding the next Einstein, or or you know, name your awesome person, right? Um, and uh, I think this year is just the beginning, and really, it all kind of started with some of these TV characters. But if you go back to um, January, Trump's inauguration, the very very next day was the biggest female march in in world history that I know of. You know what I mean? So um, my hero for the year is all the ladies. Yeah. Well, Thor, Thor too, because he has crazy abs. Rock on. He's delicious. <laughs> let's uh, let's flip it over to the villains now. And um, Greg, do you want to go first? Yeah, sure. Um, my number five, going back to the Handmaid's Tale, the Commander. Um, throughout the show, you see him at first is like he is having sex with his surrogate and his wife is there and there's just 
it's hard to watch and he's not really sympathetic but you don't see him as an evil character at first but as the show goes on you realize that he was very instrumental in causing this new world order of women being oppressed and causing this environmental thing that caused it all and um it's it put him f- firmly in villain territory mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. number four the armitage family from get out watched that the other day and if you have not seen get out it is creepy yeah i haven't seen and, it yet and i was very hesitant to watch it because i thought it would be heavy-handed and it is not it is a very well done movie um, beginning to end the pieces all connect and as someone said it someone said this is the first movie that show what it's like to to be a black man in america or what you feel like or to show the black experience and i have obviously have no idea what that is like but um just that family creeped me out and it was um it was there were great villains uh number three and the only reason why this wasn't higher was, was because i don't know how I understood where he was coming from so much that I don't know if he was purely a villain, but that was the vulture from Spider-Man. The opening sequence of that movie made me sympathize with him. Yeah. And he was just a working man that got screwed over, Mm -hmm. and he found a way around it. And the only reason he was really a villain was because of um, he was just at odds with Spider-Man, but he really wasn't. I didn't see him as doing too much wrong. I mean, he was stealing, but he was kind of stealing found items anyway, but... He was great. Uh, number two, Pennywise from It, uh, terrifying, killed kids. Uh, the other reason he wasn't hired was because there was no, there wasn't as much depth to the character as there shouldn't, as there shouldn't be because you don't want a prequel, you know. And number one was the the Colonel from War for the Planet of the Apes, uh, full on crazy driven character. Yep, had reasoning. And the thing that I under the thing that I thought was kind of cool about most of the list, at least four out of the five, is that these characters both had good parts and bad parts. They had back, they had good backstories and they had reasoning for being villains it wasn't just i want to blow up the world so i thought mm-hmm, those were mm-hmm. those were why those were my villains okay so i'll go with mine and my number five is my most recent film that i saw is uh strickland from the shape of water which you guys haven't seen yet but he was played by michael shannon who is a very underrated actor in my opinion and he was just pure evil in a time that made sense i guess you have to see the the movie to understand um he actually made a lot of other lists that i happened to see yeah he was it was it was hard whenever he was on screen it was difficult to watch but number four is the colonel or woody harrelson from war for the planet of the apes okay my number three is pennywise the clown my number two is actually jason Voorhees from never hike alone and my number one villain, uh, we you know spoke of strong female characters, is Cersei Lannister. Oh, Whoa. well yeah. played, sir. Thank you. Well played. Um, I guess I'll go ahead and go next. Um, I I like my villains a little nutty sometimes, um, a little crazy. Um, I have to say that I really enjoyed Poppy Adams from Kingsman Two. <laughs> she. She was she's so unique. Yeah, and she she was she was the the right amount of crazy and the right amount of, you know, just like 50s house mom. Um just enough to make it believable and it was it was really fantastic. She did a great job. Um I'd have to say that my number 4 
I wanted I wanted to say Little Brat here from Despicable Me Three, um, but I think I'm gonna have to go with Ernesto de la Cruz because that is the first Disney villain that made me go, "Whoa, is Disney really going with this? What what's going on?" <laughs> uh, so I might have to say Ernesto de la Cruz from the movie Coco. Okay, um, all right. My my number three is gonna be Greg. Already touched on this one is gonna be Vulture from from spider-man um i thought michael keaton did a great job playing the vulture and he was he was a believable villain he had motivation um and he was almost almost sympathetic so you know you you kind of felt for him at times um my number two because i like my crazy villains is gonna be preston packard you might know him as the crazy colonel from kong skull island samuel l jackson Oh yeah, he was absolutely fantastic. Samuel great. Samuel L. Jackson does crazy very well, mm-hmm. but also a driven character. Yes, yes. But my number one is going to be the Colonel from War of the Planet of the Apes, and we've touched on that one a couple of times already. You made both your lists, so we, we clearly have a, like a monkey fetish. We do very, very much so, especially me. You know. Um. All right. So, um, I think I am uniquely qualified for this particular next one: the best animated movie. Um, as I've saw every single computer animated and traditionally animated movie this year. Sure, go ahead. Um, due to the four-year-old, and that's what I could go see with him. Uh, number five is the Lego Batman movie. Um, mm-hmm. It was very crazy, a whole lot of stuff going on on the screen at all times. You can watch that movie uh, again and again and again, and trust me, I have, and see something different every single time. So, really fun. I thought Boss Baby was really good and very sweet, and as the movie went on, you know, had a very outlandish kind of crazy idea of these babies that were kind of in charge of everything. And then they got kind of memory wiped after the fact. Um, the story actually kind of all came together, sort of like very similar, not story wise, but like it closed up pretty well, like like a Monsters Inc. Uh, Despicable. Yeah, Alec Baldwin was great as Boss Baby mm-hmm. as well. Uh, Despicable Me 3 was my number three. And I just, I love the 80s inspired characters. The, you know, of course, the minions are, some people love them, some people hate them. But it's just a fun movie to watch. Uh, Cars 3 was my number two. That one surprised me because I did not like Cars 1 and 2 all that much. They were okay. They were not great. But Cars 3 uh, really brought... They had themes of, you know, just because you love something and you might be getting too old for it or you can't do it anymore doesn't mean you can't still be a part of it. And maybe don't hold on in some ways, but you can still find other ways to enjoy certain things. Uh, so I thought that was really good. And my number one shouldn't be a surprise to anybody because I've been glowing about it since I saw it. And that was Coco. Uh, it had twists, it had turns, it had legit villain, like Rob said. And it was a beautifully done movie and a a beautiful uh, conversation about just Mexico, Mexican tradition, and music. So that was my number one animated movie of the year. Nice. And now... Now, the big one. Best movie. Best movies. Best movies. Who wants it? I'll go first. Do it. So number five is going to be it, um, which you guys have talked about in novel form, movie form. We've talked about the villain Pennywise. I thought it really touched on some, it really broke new ground for, for cinema. Um, you know, in dealing with kids, it was very uncomfortable at times. It was scary. And the, you know, character design for it was incredible. Number four, Coco for all the reasons that Craig said. Number three, Thor Ragnarok. 
just because it was it was funny, it was touching, uh, it was a great superhero movie. Number two, I actually just switched this up real quick. Number two is Wonder Woman, and my number one movie of the year, which you guys have not seen yet, is The Shape of Water. Hmm. Yeah, All right. it was good. It was one of those, like I talked about how um, in our Star Wars special that as time has gone on, I've liked Star Wars less and less, but The Shape of Water, I've liked it more and more as the days days have gone on. So hopefully you guys see it soon. He's specifically talking about The Last Jedi, not Star Wars as a whole entity. Yeah, The Last Jedi. But it's a fantastic film. And Guillermo del Toro. It's a monster movie. It was beautiful. There were things that, you know, a lot of times uh, the trailer will give it away. Mm-hmm. But there are so many things in that movie that you're just like, whoa, whoa, whoa. It's a very deep and complex movie, and I can't wait to talk to you guys about it. Nice. Mm-hmm. You have to see that as soon as it hits water. Because I was even, I was contemplating whether even to see it. You really should. Huh, okay. I've heard it's yeah. one of his best. Guillermo del Toro doesn't often have a worst. No, good, no so. it, it's, it's a very, like, from the first couple of minutes in the movie, you get punched in the face <laughs> literally there's a guy that goes to every theater yeah. and will punch you in the face. <laughs> i'm sold but you'll just have to see it and we'll talk about it so there you go <laughs> no more loves a good face punching it's very green okay i i, I actually understand that okay greg uh, you want me to go or... yeah you want to go next greg sure. go ahead number five a movie i just watched over the past couple weeks and that is baby driver hmm. that movie is a very simple heist tale with great acting but I'm surprised good. that you listed that in your top five because it looked very uninteresting to me. That was the problem. It looked – the trailers were terrible. It looked like it's just a remake of what Italian Job or yeah. Drive or something like that. But there's they do a thing with music in that movie that I've not seen before. And, of course, the director whose name I – again, I'm forgetting. Who's the guy – the British guy who does – who did Shaun of the Dead and stuff? Edgar Wright ah. directed oh, wow. it. So it's very quick cut, trendy, but the in some parts of the movie, the gunshots line up with like drum beats of like jazzy songs and like old Motown songs and stuff like that. And it's just, it's so cool the way it's done. It's just, it's a new way of looking at music and movies. Again, there's a music movie theme, I guess, going on with me. That's interesting. So it just, and it took what could be, if it didn't have that, it would have just been, okay, that was kind of a fun movie. Um, John Hamm was in it and played a... You know, a, a not gangster, but like a, a robber. And he was legitimately scary, which is hard to do. Uh, the downside, of course, keeping on my creepy theme, Kevin Spacey is in it. So that's a problem. But um, yeah, but don't blame the rest of the people in the movie for, you know, being in a movie with a sleazeball. Uh, my number four is It. Again, don't need to say much more about that. It was just well done. Number three, Wonder Woman. I really enjoyed it. Could have been a little higher. I thought that it was great the whole way through. All the characters were awesome. Um, maybe towards the end, it lost just a little bit for me. Just it was, and still, it was a great movie. But I thought the villain was a little bit got a little too DC comic movie towards the end. But it was still good. Agreed. Uh, number two was Coco, so it made it to my animated list, and of course to my main movie list. And number one for me, the movie I had the most fun with, and cannot wait for it to come out on video so I could buy it, and that is Thor Ragnarok through Ragnarok. I had so much fun with that movie, um, beginning to end, and that is what I wanted to get out of a movie this year. Um, 
so I, I went with fun for my number one, and that is Thor. Nice. Good choice. Um, well, I'll go ahead and give you my five. Um, I will go with one that is kind of a remake for my number five. It's kind of a remake, but they finally, in my opinion, got it right. And that's going to be Kong Skull Island. Um, oh, it, it was good. They, they've done quite a few King Kong movies. Um, they've all really kind of missed the mark. Um, but this one, absolutely fantastic. Very good. Um, my number four and I've actually watched Kong's Island three times in the past, like six, seven months. So you're not wrong. Yeah, it's 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 a good movie. Uh, my number four, and that's going to be because I really enjoyed it. I know that you guys didn't care for it quite as much, but I really enjoyed Guardians two. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy two. For, oh, I enjoyed it quite a bit. For me, was was a was a fun adventure. I actually even liked Kurt Russell as the villain. I did have a couple of big problems here and there in the movie. But all in all, the movie was absolutely fantastic, and I loved it a lot. Trash Panda. Yeah. <laughs> um, my number three, and the top three movies for me were all really, really close, and it was really kind of hard picking one. But my number three is going to be Thor Ragnarok. It's, it's like Greg said, it's a really fun movie. It's really enjoyable to watch from beginning to end. It's, it's, just, a, it's just a lot of fun. And I mean, Chris Hemsworth as Thor is fantastic. It's it's just hey, Cord. Hey man. Hey man. I'm Cord. We're gonna get out of here. <laughs> I, hey I, man. I just I, it was it was a great movie. Um, my number two is going to be War for the Planet of the Apes. So good. I was. This is one of those movies that I was sitting in, and as I'm watching it, I'm going, "My God, this is a great movie." I don't know how is it and you you're just you're just speechless by the end of the movie because it it's just just everything from the the set design to the acting to the story to the just all of it was just top notch it was a great movie and if you haven't even the new characters like bad ape and stuff like that were still good yes like they weren't just like oh that was really good but they threw that character in for no reason yes and and even even for a movie that had such serious undertones as War for the Planet of the Apes, they still managed to work in comedic relief, and it wasn't forced. You actually enjoyed it. It was funny. It, you laughed at the right parts. You cried at the right parts. You felt pain. You and you, you. I mean, you hated the and and he was he was my number one villain. You hated the villain. Oh yeah. Um, and it, it was just just a really really good movie all around. But my number one movie for the year, and it's going to be because DC finally got a superhero movie right. Finally. It, and it, it, my number one has got to be Wonder Woman. It was, it's a great movie, great role model for girls, very well done. Gal Gadot is awesome. It's, oh, I, I can't say enough good things about this movie. I really, really liked it. Like they even touched on, like, uh, what's it called? PTSD. Like in a kind of a cool way in that movie mm-hmm. with the the sniper character. Yeah, like it's weird because they do such a good job of kind of setting you back in that time period. Yeah, and you're seeing this character and you're like, oh, they don't know what PTSD is yet. But like, you're so involved in the movie that like you kind of forget that you're watching it now. I don't know. It was weird. Like I had the same thought. You're like, what's wrong with him? When, no, I had the same thought. Like when he was in the bar, like starting a fight just so he can get his ass beat mm-hmm. because he was like. It was like, oh, that's kind of penance for him. Yeah. And like I had the thought when I saw it in the theater, and then the same thing passed through my mind again in the same way. 
they kind of gave me deja vu. So I'm like, oh, wow, they, they did a good job of that. But yeah, yes, I agree. So that's going to be my number one. And that's my top five. So I'm going to do worst movie. And I think the, the thing with worst movie is it's not just, it's not up there for bad filmmaking in some cases. Some of it is missed opportunities or disappointing movie. And I know I'm going to anger some people with my number five, and that is The Dark Tower. That movie let me down. Mm. And even this week, um, it, it did do terribly. It's not, unfortunately, they're not going to make any more. And that was one of the problems. I Had it been good, there would have been more. But Stephen King this week came out and even said that there's no way at all that movie should have been a PG-13. And that and the fact that it was PG-13 and it seemed like a smaller story than the actual tale, the actual book, um, that's where it disappointed me. Like, everything doesn't need to be PG-13. If that movie was an R movie and they could have real-life consequences and some of the scarier side of it, I think it would have been great. Uh, number three, Geostorm. I did not see it, but I could tell from the trailer that... <laughs> it was going to be crap. Trailer, I'm not going to watch it. When you see a trailer and you think it's a joke trailer and you're like, oh, yeah, but I'm not watching SNL or something like that. It just looked terrible, and it was that's disappointing to me in the fact that, like, you know, it's supposed to be a global warming thing. Make something good. <laughs> it looked terrible. And it also came out right around the same time as a hurricane, so that didn't help. Hmm. Uh, sorry, that was my number four. Uh, my number three is Justice League. Again, more disappointing than anything. It had some good parts. It had some bad parts. But I think if they added a good villain to that movie, it could have been a significantly better. And I think that they need to stop making a movie for the next movie and start making individual standalone movies that then lead to you liking the characters and wanting to see the next movie and see the next team up. Yeah. Uh, my number two, uh, as I said before, I get to see all the animated movies. That means I get to see things like the emoji movie, uh, which was uh, awful. Uh, when you see a movie with your uh, four-year-old and he comes out giggling because there's a talking poop and that's the extent of it, and you could have pretty much gotten that from the trailer, then you know what you're getting there. Yeah, I saw that with my girls. I, I want my two hours back. Yes. And the, the the thing here is don't make a movie off of something that's just a trend. Like, I'm eagerly awaiting the Pet Rock movie or the, the, <laughs> or the, the Slap Bracelet movie. Okay. So. <laughs> yeah, there's going to be riveting. And number one. The Pet Rock. <laughs> and number one, uh, Transformers The Last Night was – I have no idea what happened in that movie. I watched it. There was nights. There was stuff like that. In fact, I watched it, and the next day I watched my child play with one of his presents. It was a um, a rescue boat, and in this storyline, he had a do a baby octopus steal the rescue boat and kick a bunch of um, dogs off of the rescue boat who were then <laughs> Im imperiled by a volcano and lava, and I think there was like a dinosaur involved, and that was more of a coherent story than the entire Transformers Last Night movie. <laughs> That being said, I enjoyed the hell out of it, but it was terrible. Yeah. Like, I, it did have giant robots fighting. See, that's what um, I want to see. That's it. But it was bad. I mean, I, what they want to do is they, what they wanted to do is just put these robots in big sequences, and they did, but, you know, it was just not good. So that's that. That was my worst. All right. Well, I guess I'll go ahead and go. And I know that I'll probably upset some people with my choices, but um, my number five. And I know I gave it a solid like C rating when we did the review, but my number five is going to be Justice League. I just wanted, I just wanted more from it. The, the just, the, it could have been, it could have been better. And DC screwed the pooch with that one again. <laughs> uh, 
Um, they just just trying to rush it out. Um, they wanted to jump on the Avengers bandwagon, and they 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 effed it up. Um, my number four is going to be one that we actually talked about earlier, and I was like, oh man, maybe I don't want to put this on my list, but it's going to be Get Out. I was. I was kind of disappointed with wow. the movie. Um, it just it just missed the mark for me. I didn't find it all that believable. Um, I was like, eh, no, I don't really think that would happen. And it took him so long to catch on. And I'm like, oh, come on. So it, it just missed the mark for me. Um, my number three is going to be Logan. I... Wow. I did not really care for it. It seemed like a chore to get through the movie. It was it was really slow in parts. Um, everybody was aging. Every you know, it's it's not it's not a good superhero ending, if you will. Um, it just, uh, it, yeah, it, it it didn't work for me. Um, my number two is gonna be the Mummy. Because how do you have a mummy a mummy movie without Brendan Fraser? It just you you can't do it. It seemed like it was a mummy movie without an actual mummy. Yeah, that too. And, Which I think is more important than Brendan yeah, Fraser. Well, yeah, but no, it, it just just stop. It's it's no go away, Tom Cruise. The trailer it, no, amazing. not good, not good. Don't waste your time. I'll let Rob finish. <laughs> my, before i uh, share my thoughts with that my my number one my number one is actually greg and i had the same opinion it's going to be transformers um a lot of really neat action sequences really impressive robots fighting but where's the story man robots and explosions that should have been the name of that movie Robots and explosions, <laughs> and that's it. Because that's really all you got from that movie was robots and explosions. Mm-hmm. So my five worst movies of 2017 were The Mummy times five. <laughs> <laughs> um, it for the start of the you know Universal Dark Universe, it messed up so many things and it messed up so many storylines i'm specifically talking about the american werewolf in london remake that has been kind of tossed around where they stole from that and they just completely crapped on it <laughs> I'm, i mean if you've seen the movie you know what i'm talking about i'm a huge I'm it's it's so bad they like took the whole jack you know being dead and decaying thing from American Werewolf in London and pulled it into a movie where it didn't belong. It was just so bad. And I could go on a whole rant about how um, Universal offered Guillermo del Toro rights to the whole Dark Universe reboot and he declined. <laughs> but that would have been so good. It it would have, and he says that he regrets, you know, not taking the reins from that. But if you watch The Shape of Water, you'll understand that he, you know, is his own creative individual, and it just, oh, man, it just ow. In that, on a sad note, <laughs> it was so bad. <laughs> okay, I just uh, to close this out, we've got a couple more things. I'm gonna talk a little bit about my top five trends of the year, things that I noticed throughout the year. 
Um, Jinkos. And then we were going... Yes, Jinkos, uh, Sea Cavaricis, uh, things like that. Chain wallets. Uh, some of this stuff actually came out. Some of this stuff was actually talked about a little bit. but um, And then we're going to talk about People of the Year and the Entertainer of the Year, the illustrious Entertainer of the Year from the Give Me Five podcast. Uh, so my Trends of the Year... Uh, my number five is 80, 80s influence in music and art and movies yes. um, from the characters and stuff and like it, Stranger Things, uh, new retro music, you know, stuff like the Midnight, FM84 bands, uh, even logos, um, and then even the lighting. Like there's a bunch of movies like Moonlight, uh, which came out last year, but uh, a movie called Nerve, uh, Cartoon Network, Disney XD, just geometric shapes and totally did awesome 80s influence on everything. Uh, my number four was um, child actors that actually have an opportunity to, like, do stuff. So, like, you know, the the kids in It and Stranger Things actually had, like, real roles other than being, like, the kid in peril. So they got to act. They got to, um, you know, even in, in Riverdale, which I talked about earlier, they, they actually get to do something. And they even had their own voice where, like, Finn Wolfhard, like, as soon as his agent, who got him major roles, the guy from, he's in It and Stranger Things, he fired his agent the second he got the agent got accused of sexual harassment. It was put on leave. So I thought that, that was kind of it was different than the child actors that we remember from when we were kids. Um, my number three is fan empowerment, which would be stuff like, you know, Psych coming back because the fans wanted it. And MST3K, you know, Kickstarters, things like that. I just thought it was really great that fans were, in some way had a say as to it's not just the studios that get to make stuff. The fans actually have a say as to what's being put out battlefront removing the pay to play feature yep yep see yeah so it's not just whiny people it's like if a fan has a legit gripe or wants to see something back they they're able to get stuff you know even, even by directly funding things um my number two is risk taking cross tv and streaming so stuff that hit a lot of our lists american gods man in the high tower preacher handmaid's tale stranger things all of these things you know stranger things was shopped to every single TV channel on the planet, and everyone said no. Netflix picked it up, and it made almost every one of our lists at the highest point. And my number one, and Omar touched on this, is women empowerment. 2017 is going is going to be remembered for sexual harassment stuff, mm-hmm. but it's also should be noted that the two highest grossing films of the year are going to be led by women. It's going to be Wonder Woman and Beauty and the Beast. Uh, of course, this list is out before Star Wars, but even that one is pretty much led by a woman that's kind of a two-headed monster there yep but um you know at this point wonder woman made 504 million dollars or five in the world and um beauty and the beast made 412 million dollars that's one and two and not going too deep into the whole woman empowerment thing it was you know it's they're a force and it should stay that way agreed and of course that leads us to the entertainer of the year or the person of the year as jimmy said so Jimmy, your person of the year is, or your people of the year? <laughs> My people of the year. Uh, number five, Guillermo del Toro. Hooray! That was an applause. Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought you were stopping. You, uh, no, 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 that was an applause. Uh, number four, Andy Serkis, who is just... He's Amazing. A great, yeah, he's a great actor behind the scenes. You know, and he, he does not get enough credit for what he does. I was wondering if he was going to make your list when you when you talked about him as Caesar. I was like, oh, I missed him. Yeah. Okay, good. Uh, number three is Aaron Mankey, the force behind Lore, the podcast, the voice behind Lore. Um, he's just done a lot to um, uncover a lot of, you know, 
stories from, you know, the past and he's produced a great podcast and he's got, you know, the show, he's got his books out and I, I think it's great what he's doing. Number two, Danica Rome and my number one, Stephen King. All right. That's that is a strong list. Thank you. So um I'm I'm the other one that has an entertainer of the year one? Yes. Go ahead. Okay. My number five is Jimmy's number one, Stephen King. Thank you. Uh, I looked back at the podcast when when coming up with these, and we talked about him pretty much more than anyone else this year. Between it, Dark Tower, nineteen twenty two, Gerald's Game, I uh, even released a book, Sleeping Beauties, which is supposed to be pretty good. That was my number five. Um, Jordan Peele is my number four for uh, Get Out. That movie was made for five million dollars and made two hundred fifty two million dollars. Wow! Uh, that and I thought it was I thought it was a really well made movie. Uh, my number three, Jimmy Kimmel. Hmm. Uh, he is, despite what people are saying, he is actually a moderate. He has, I've seen him on the show talking about Republican values and Democratic values. He stood up and basically pointed out the fact that the the GOP healthcare bill sucked. It's going to kill a lot of people. And I think he got, he actually explained it in a way that people understood and got it basically voted down. And GOP senators even said, we're going to create the Jimmy Kimmel test to see if it passes this test, and then promptly failed it. So, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, number two, Gail Godot. Uh, Wonder Woman was great. It's on all of our lists. Gail Godot. Is it Gail Godot? Okay, and it's, sorry. And, Gail Godot. and it's Gal Godot. Yeah, whatever. So, Gal Godot. Uh, best part of... I always thought people were pronouncing that wrong when they said that. Uh, best part of... Uh, well, obviously, was Wonder Woman in that movie. It was great. And she was the best part of um, Justice League. And my number one... Drum roll and all. Okay, my number one, uh, Kumil Nanjani. So some of you guys might not know who that is, but he is on Silicon Valley as um, as one of the characters. He had a great, great season this year. Uh, he wrote and directed the movie The Big Sick, which is actually another movie that brought me to tears, which is, a, which is the true story of his life. We actually wrote it with his wife about his wife and him, they went on a few dates. They dated for about six months. They broke up, and then she got sick and ended up in a coma, and he had to kind of take care of her, and then they realized that their differences uh, were not that different. It was a great movie about cultural awareness and things like that. Also, he voiced the character Jay in the Lego Ninjago movie, which I, of course, saw with my son. But my favorite part of him, of his of his year, was he was the voice of Scoth the Agonizer, a orc that we that you run into in Shadows of War. Rob, if you run into him. Nice. No, I have not. And he does, like, little quips and... He's kind of a hesitant orc, and when I first heard that, I cracked up, and I was like, who is that? And then I realized, I'm like, oh, God, that's that's Camille Nanjani, and so across the board, he pretty much had his hands in everything except for books, and it just, he made me laugh every single time. So he won my Entertainer of the Year. Nice. Time to start this! Or, yeah, I guess it's time to start this. Um, hey, hey, hello! Hey, hello. No. Why would a Gondorian come here and try to murder all of the orcs? Maybe you have a problem with one orc. Maybe a hundred. But oh, all of us? <laughs> Maybe the problem Okay, so that closes you. out our remarkably long episode that I believe is probably going to be cut into three episodes. Yeah. <laughs> it's like four hours. So that is closing out 2017. We will be back in the new year. Not sure exactly which week, but probably early january uh anyone have anything to say to say goodbye happy new year guys thank you for having a great time
Yes, Happy New Year. Everybody be safe. Enjoy your New Year. Hey, guys, thanks for listening.